What's good creatives? It's Psychedella here, back with another episode of Art Life. It's really a joy doing this and I'm just trying to get myself in the groove of delivering it in a very consistent way and also providing something that can help anyone who is listening. You know, it's quite therapeutic for me personally to speak about things on this podcast So I enjoy sharing things about myself, but I also want to move you forward in your journey as an artist, as a creative, as an entrepreneur of your art and your creative pieces and things like that. So that is what Art Life is about, really just, you know, forward movement, creating this community and pushing forward. One thing that is on my mind quite a lot is just the mental health of person with an unconventional lifestyle who is not bound by, you know, what society says is the way that adults should be living. Anyone who lives outside of that, I'm just really thinking about what are all the mental health trials and tribulations that we might go through. So I really want to spend some episodes talking about that in particular. I feel like the last episode on journaling kind of touched on that, you know, journaling being a method to work things out, to get things out of your head and work out your issues or just show gratitude and things like that. So I feel like I have a lot to say on this particular topic. So we'll start in this episode and, you know, I'll just kind of tell you about things and then i think in our next episode we can come with more research and certain techniques that can help us and continue the conversation there so stay tuned for the next episode as well you are now listening to episode four self-therapy all right y'all We're talking about self-therapy here. This is something I feel like I have been doing before I even realized that's what I was doing. So I am a big believer in it. You know, a lot of us, for whatever reason, can't go to a therapist's office, Um, especially in this pandemic. Like, I feel like I talk about the pandemic every episode because it is just such a major thing that is going on right now um and that is another reason why we need to therapize ourselves you know because we are in the middle of history this is history what is going on with the pandemic is like literal living history in the story of humankind period nothing has ever looked quite like this nothing has looked quite like this you know, so it's a crazy, crazy time and we really need to take care of ourselves and we can't go to a therapist in person the way that some of us might be used to. Some of us may have never gone to a therapist in person. Some of us have experienced doing Zoom calls and just, you know, some kind of remote therapy with a specialist. And some of us have never done a damn thing with therapy at all. Nothing nothing at all and they probably have issues in their lives and them something there and they just don't understand what's going on because like nothing has ever really been dug into and tapped into 
by a professional. But, you know, arguably, even your best friend who has enough sense and knows you well could highlight something about you that may be a result of something from your past and things like that. So, you know, this is actually a great question to ask in general. Do you believe that you can just talk to a friend instead of talking to a therapist? Do you think that is good enough? For me, to be honest, I feel like I have been my own friend for a long time now. I have been the one who I talk to. Confession, I talk to myself a lot. (laughs) A lot, a lot. Like, it's so funny when you actually do a thing, but you hear about it out there and you almost judge it. It's like if I heard a person say that they talk out loud to themselves a lot or whatever, I think a few years ago, I would have been like, oh, wow, you know, how crazy the way that other people would think about it. Meanwhile, I'm here doing it and doing it for hours. I have literally sat with myself for hours, usually doing what I call audio journaling. So, you know, just talking and talking and letting it all out into a voice recording. And I started that when I was around 16, I would say. And I remember I would rant about just how I felt about school. I remember ranting about calculus. I hated calculus, man. I didn't like it. It was the first grade that um, I ever got a failing grade. My first below 50 kind of grade. Um, like final grade. You know, my final grade for the course was terrible. And I just hated it. And I don't know where it came from, why I was like, you know what, let me make recordings of myself. But I did that. I was probably home alone one day and just did that. And then it became a thing every time I was home alone. Because when someone else is around, I don't really feel those vibes, you know, I don't feel the loose upness and the liberation and all of those just free free-flowing feelings that I feel when I'm alone. I enjoy being alone because of this, you know, so I would wait for my mom to leave the house and just like get into this whole thing. As a child, I probably pranced around quite a bit and sang songs out loud and probably talked out loud a bit to myself like, oh, I'm gonna do this. Oh, this would be a good idea. But the real sit down and hold my phone and talk, 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 I would say started happening when I was 16, about little things in life. Also, when I was in my teens, I actually was going to therapy. Now, the first therapist that I went to consistently, I was in um, lower six in high school in Jamaica. So that is like grade 12. So I was in grade 12 and I went to therapy. Basically, my father found me crying about some chemistry shit. Now, mind you, I only took chemistry in high school because he wanted me to be a doctor. And I don't think I knew my direction very well yet. So I still was kind of just going along with that dream. Like, okay, I guess I'll do medicine, you know. So... I picked chemistry because it's a requirement to get into med school at the University of the West Indies. 
but I hated it. I did not want to do it. Chemistry is my least loved science. I absolutely appreciate anyone who does it because the world needs chemists and, you know, like, we love y'all. We love what you do for the planet and humanity and everything. I am extra grateful for you because I'm not doing it. (laughs) I am not the one. So I know I was frustrated about some chemistry shit, wondering why I'm doing this and all that kind of stuff in maybe fifth form. And my father phoned me like in that state and he is quick on the therapy because he is in the psychotherapy field. So he was quick to be like, oh my God, you need a therapist. And I wasn't even sure if (laughs) that was the right thing that I needed, but I ended up going to therapy and I actually talked about, you know, other shit that was on my mind, not just, oh, I hate chemistry. And I did that the whole of sixth form. So a whole basically September to around June, I was going to therapy on a regular basis, at least once a week or once every two weeks. Now, did it do anything for me? I don't know. I'm leaning towards no. (laughs) I'm leaning towards no, but I won't discredit that it is good to talk. I think point blank period, it's nice to just talk. It's nice to talk about yourself. Some of us don't talk about ourselves enough. And it's not to be conceited or arrogant or anything like that. It's to really just vent. It's to let something out. And that's why it's good to have a good support system. It's good to have the friends in your life, you know, the bona fides. Your point person for getting advice, for venting to, for feeling supported. And you, of course, offer that in exchange as well. Like you're a community together. I didn't really feel like I had that bona fide person. I would say, first of all, I didn't feel like I had so much to share about myself. So much I need to talk, I must share with somebody. I, I didn't really have those feelings. And at the time, I was like, you know, keeping secret about my relationship and them something there like nobody really knew what was going on at the time. But I told my therapist about it. So it was actually an interesting experience telling my therapist about a thing that nobody else knew about me. Something major that was going on. Major. So... Sharing that with my therapist first was very interesting and a lot of our sessions actually ended up being about that very thing. And I think it was a great avenue for me to just chat about it, just talk about it because I wasn't talking to anyone about it. So, you know, I won't say that it did not help me. I would say that it perhaps did not provide what I expected it would, which is dead-ass solutions to your problems or dead-ass equipment to carry on with life and to tackle this and tackle that. Like, I don't feel like I came out a majorly elevated individual, but I will say that it was nice to talk to somebody about, you know, a huge thing that was going on for me. And school was the other huge thing. So if it wasn't this person, it was school. And I was talking about that too. 
or maybe it was my parents and I was talking about that too. So all the major events of my life, I was able to talk to somebody about it. And just the act of getting it out of my psyche and putting words to everything that I was feeling and articulating them in a way that somebody can understand is great in itself. So I'm grateful for that. But if I'm not getting the kind of feedback that makes me feel like I am improving, then why the hell is this money being spent? This money don't need to be spent. So, you know, my father is who was paying for this, but ultimately it's like, I feel like I could just do this for myself. And maybe subconsciously, that is what motivated me to just start talking to my phone because I felt like the main thing that I got from the therapy, and I'm only just realizing this now as I'm talking to you, I think I felt like the main thing I got from the therapy is just being able to talk about my feelings and the occurrences of my life. And so I could absolutely do that for free by myself. (laughs) I don't need to take up myself and go to anybody's office, arrange, you know, a time to meet, And most importantly, we don't got to spend this money because, you know, therapy sessions, you know, there's a range, but it generally is a high expense in life. So, yeah, the following year, I moved to Canada and that's when I did calculus and hated it and ranted about it and stuff. And also that relationship ended while I was in Canada. And it really, like, I was just floored. The main reason why it just shook me so hard is because I felt like I was trying to prepare. I felt like I was being responsible and logical with this person in saying like, yo, if we're living in different places and we're young and we're going to school and we're experiencing all kinds of different things, we shouldn't be in the relationship anymore. And we still were because they were for it, they were for it, they were for it. And before you knew it, they moved on to something else or whatever. And they were just like, yo, I don't want this anymore. And I was just like, bro, what the fuck? (laughs) What do you mean? I tried to have an actual logical conversation with you about this shit more than once more than once them something that burn you so it really impacted me and it made me reach out to the counselor at my school and this is a free service so I went to that counselor and I must say it's the only time I've ever used a free counselor and it is the best therapy I've ever gotten I don't remember her name, but bless her up. She was very, very sweet. She was full of personality, had this kind of smoker's voice, and she really felt like a friend. She really, really felt like a friend. I remember booking my little thing on the school website, like booking my sessions on the school website and going up to her door and sitting in her chair. And it's really cute that it's just like, on school property it's right there you go to class and then you go to your little therapy session or whatever 
And it really felt like just hanging out with somebody who was trying to understand you. And I love that. And she was very interested in me as a person too, which was nice. And um, a bond was built and I almost wish that I tried to maintain it. And this is something that I generally need to work on as a person is how to maintain bonds with people who I've connected with in the past. Because I just don't do the communication thing very well. I don't keep in touch very well. Anyways, big up that counselor. She has been the most supporting, feeling person who I have come to for that very purpose. She's a counselor. She counseled me through it. She 100% just counseled me through it. Because it was... Truly my first experience of grieving over something. That's what it felt like. And also, I wasn't really talking to anyone else about it. I don't think my mom knew about it. No, she didn't. My mom didn't know about it. My father didn't know about it. I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> it really felt like such a what the hell moment. And this counselor really like eased me through it. So big up herself. And then... I remember a couple of times when I would visit Jamaica, I would go back to the counselor that I had in sixth form. And it was the same experience. Like I walked away, I think, feeling the same. And, you know, sometimes we would have group sessions with like my dad. Like it's been me and my dad sitting there talking about things on more than one occasion, which is a great exercise to happen. I'm very grateful for just even, you know, the experience of you and your parent purposely sitting down in front of a professional to try and work out some problems after you have already gone to that professional and talked to them. And I think my father went to the person too to talk to them about me and maybe share a little bit about himself and all of that. So, you know, this person has a pretty overall comprehensive view of both of you and the relationship between you so I'm grateful for that but I don't know what came of it you know and again money is being spent so to not know what has really come of it have you really been impacted is just kind of a bummer worse when you're expected to spend your own money and as you, you know, grow into adulthood, I think that is the expectation that you would spend your own money on stuff like this. So I'm here to tell you that you can just talk to yourself. Yes, people. <laughs> um, yeah, I started documenting just things about my experiences with my phone. And then I actually started writing at school. So I would go to the computer lab in my breaks and I had a Word document and I would just write in there, write and write and write and write. I would say what music I'm listening to while I'm writing this. I always had earphones in my ears. You couldn't chat to me. Only if I wanted you to have my attention. But always I listen to music consistently all the time. I even remember writing that I was listening to Tegan and Sarah while sitting in this computer lab, blah, blah, blah. And then I'd get into, you know, my feelings and everything that's happening. And so I kept a journal in that way, just in my breaks at school. Help yourself. Help yourself. You can provide this to 
yourself. And I am looking into techniques and ways that I can make it better. So, you know, I want to share some of what I could suggest you could get started with in terms of helping yourself and giving yourself therapy. So let's explore different things that we can do to help ourselves. Now, this is not to negate the impact of a professional, right? This person has studied, we trust that, we respect that, you know, they have spent a lot of time getting down to how our brains work and everything like that. But, you know, I believe in beyond that. I believe in the soul and I believe in the spirit. And any discord that is happening inside of you is because your human and your soul are not vibing right. You know, that's what it really feels like. Like the shit's not vibing right. And so that makes me feel like you have the power to make it vibe right within yourself. We're still not discrediting external specialists, you know, even if it's like a shaman or, you know, a monk or a pastor who is helping you the way that, you know, a clinical psychologist may help you as well. Or just some kind of mentor or, you know, just people who have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge and who are able to facilitate helping you iron out your kinks. We really appreciate these people. I appreciate that therapist that I had when I moved to Canada and I was going through a hard time. She really held my hand through a journey. That's what it felt like. And, you know, you've stopped going to that person when you feel all right but ultimately you want it to be somebody who you can turn to when times are hard and it feels even better when this person is a lifelong connection you know when you're paying a person for what they studied in some kind of traditional university setting that's cool and all but when i really touch with your soul and when you can bring up you know some astrological things maybe or just some deeper more metaphysical things I really feel more understood and I feel like you put more effort into helping me and I just feel it more you know I feel it more when you involve spirit I feel like I feel it more And when you involve natural medicines and traditional healing therapies and, you know, just like the things that Western medicine just does not cover, I feel it more. I feel the connection more. I feel the vibes more. And I think it legitimately helps in a better way. But until you get to a point where you have such a person in your life, or at least have them in your life, on a regular basis, I really believe you can, you know, nourish yourself. I audio journal. I talk to the phone a lot. Sometimes I go on and on and I'm not always doing it with the phone. Sometimes I'm just walking around talking. You know, most times I'm walking around talking and then sometimes I might decide to capture it with the phone. But it got to a point where I wasn't really going back and listening to it and, you know, The full all-encompassing point of journaling is not only for it to be a kind of companion that you can write to 
and vent to and work things out on, but it is to be a source of insight so that you can go back and read what you have put in there and assess something about yourself um, from the future. So it's like your future self looking at your past self or your present self looking at your past self. Or as you write it in this present, you know that your future self might come back and pre this. So its full intention is to be a source of both companionship and insight and learning and self-assessment. The problem with the audio journaling is that I was not going back and listening to things. You know, I just thought that it was too long or I felt like I was so familiar with these thoughts already. Why do I need to go through them again? So I would say that, you know, keep it concise because I literally would have recordings for like an hour and a half trying to work through something and not necessarily talking for the sake of working through something. It just happened to happen. But I was really just talking because I was just like, I just need to talk. I just need to talk, talk, talk. And it didn't even feel so much like, oh, I have nobody to talk to. It actually felt like the favorite person for me to talk to was myself. I loved me that much. You know, I have other areas to work on self-love. But one thing me know is that I really love my company. And I really appreciate how I spend time with myself, you know, especially when I'm engaging in good habits and things like that. So audio journaling, keeping it concise, maybe putting a timer because I put a timer with my writing journaling. So I should really be putting a timer with my audio journaling as well. Audio journaling and then deciding to go back and listen to some of them. It doesn't have to be all of them. You don't have to assess every single thing you've talked about. But just going back, it's like sometimes I go back to my writing journal and just look at what did I say in 2020? What did I say in 2017? You know, what was going on? And it's really nice and insightful to go back and read those things about yourself, like I mentioned in the journaling episode. So... Audio journaling is just another means that you can do it too. And some people just really express themselves more easily verbally, like in a spoken way, than they do in a written way. So if you feel like that, audio journal or video journal, and that way you can see yourself too. You know, how amazing would that be to video journal? And when I say to do that, I kind of mean do it whenever. Whenever it comes up, whenever the moment strikes you, whenever you feel like you have a sliver of alone time and you can really, you know, focus on yourself, record it, record it, set a little timer and record yourself talking to yourself about yourself, (laughs) for yourself, for yourself. To be a little more organized with that, you could decide to meet yourself once a week the way that you would with a regular therapist. You don't have to spend as much time, maybe only 15 minutes, but you could write a list of the things that are bothering you this week. Maybe there are things that bother you in general. Write that on a different list. But then 
You can have a list of the things that are bothering you this week and prioritize them according to the level of stress that it gives you. Things like doing mindful body movement and meditation are also recommended. I would recommend that you put the work in. It might not seem like something that needs work, but being mindful actually takes some work because our general state of being is not mindful, which is quite sad because life is here, life is here now, and we should really enjoy all the present moments put together. And that is what makes up your whole life story. But a lot of us are not living very presently. So put some work into present moment living. Do mindful body movements, you know, things like yoga and Pilates. And even regular working out forces you to be mindful, right? Because you're breathing heavy and your body really needs you right now as it goes through all of this vigorous motion, especially if you're not a particularly fit person. Like, I'm not particularly fit. So when I engage in fitness, which is a habit I'm building, but I'm still in that, you know, learning curve adjustment type period, my body is like, whoo, he, ah, oh, and you're just very present in just trying to stay alive sometimes. Sometimes that's what working out feels like. Like, damn, I just got to stay alive right now. But um, when you can really be chill and calm about it, which is my favorite way to be about anything, and you just actually feel your muscle move, especially if you have a pain, if you have any body pain going on, feel your muscle move, feel your joints moving, feel, you know, all the liquids that move throughout your body and just move mindfully and then meditate, which is really just getting your brain to a state of mindfulness where you're only inside yourself. You're not entertaining thoughts. You know that they come and go. You allow that to happen, but you really you're you're just trying to get your brain to settle down, settle on down. So I recommend putting yourself in that state because it really is a state. And you can carry that into some of the things you do. You can cook mindfully. You can fold your clothes and do your laundry mindfully. So mindful moments is what I would recommend, which includes meditation. So put yourself in a state of mindfulness and then have your therapy session with yourself where you look at your list of things that are bothering you, rank them according to stress level and tackle the top thing. So this week's session is about tackling this big, huge problem that is so on your mind. And if it's something that has been on your mind and you just have to put it on the list, put it on the list and see how you can go about talking about that in particular. And you can either talk out loud or you can just write things down or you can draw anything that is the externalization of your brain. Your brain and the thoughts and everything feel abstract. Put it into something that is tactile. Let us see. Put it into something that can be communicated. Put it into something that is communication. To write something down is to now be able to communicate something to whoever sees that. 
And then you can now be the decoder in that feedback loop. You can provide information to yourself and then you can decode it in a different way because reading what you have written or looking at what you have drawn or listening to what you have recorded is different from just being up in your head, up in your head, up in your head. Oh my God, my thoughts. Oh my God, da 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 eating away at me. Da, 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 da. Produce something, produce something. So that is the beauty of these tools, especially because we're artists, you know, we're here to produce things. We have embraced what feels like our duty and our gifts and our talents to make shit. We make shit. <laughs> we make shit. Which brings me to the process of art making. Now, we have the art that I think we're focusing on in a, you know, very capitalist way perhaps like we're trying to you know just sustain our well-being and be able to support ourselves financially and things like that with our art like that is the dream that's what we're aiming for and sometimes when you make something you love something that you are trying to make money for you it doesn't feel like there's much love involved anymore and it takes away the hobbiness of it. It takes away the innocence of it. You know, it kind of just commercializes it. So while you are working on a particular art practice and you are an expert in one form of art, try out another art and try out that art as just something you do. Something you do and find therapeutic. I honestly want to knit. I have been having knitting on my mind for some time now and I just want to make the cute things. I want to make the cute hats. I want to make some mittens and I want to do the motion. I want to hold the needle and get that yarn and do the little knot whatever and pull the thing through and da 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 da. I want to do it. Something I used to enjoy doing as a child is embroidery as well. I just want to embroider some shit. So I'm going to do it. And the thing is, you can actually end up turning that into a moneymaker as well. Ain't no problem there. But sometimes you just need to do a thing. Unleash, unwind, and just get yourself centered again. So, you know, journal, whether it's writing or audio journaling or video journaling, which is something you can go back and assess, which is great. Do mindful body movements, slow and mindful body movements that can get you into a meditative state. Also meditate to get into a meditative state. And you can do generic things around the house more mindfully. You could even walk down the street a little more mindfully. Those are forms of meditation too. Set a time of the week where you meet with yourself, especially if you're an extremely busy person or if you don't frequently get a time to be alone, set a time with yourself for the week where you sit down and you assess the things that are bothering you and you work on one of them, the main one, the biggest one on the list. Chip away at that. If it feels like you need another session on it, you carry it into next week's session but chip away at that. And the way that you chip away at that could be just talking out loud or you could record it for it to be part of journaling. Or you could make 
art or draw what you're feeling. You know, it's really just externalization of the brain. That's what we're preaching. You know, I believe in you. I believe in you. So yeah, those are some things that you can engage with and just start incorporating into your life. Okay, that is the start of us talking about self-therapy. You know, I just wanted to share my experience with therapy in particular. And I feel like when I first was going as a teenager in a consistent way, because I had actually gone before that, I had gone as a child and I just don't really remember the experience. I actually remember one when I was six. I remember sitting with a therapist when I was six. I actually remember exactly where in Kingston it was. But yeah, so I have had the privilege of being exposed to that method of, you know, working things out and releasing things from the brain and really analyzing and assessing things my whole life. So I'm very grateful for that privilege. And I also understand that not everyone has had that exposure. And so they may not even know how to apply it to their own lives and to provide it for themselves. So I just want to help y'all out, you know? (laughs) So next time in the next episode, I'm going to bring in just some things that I've been reading about, you know, things that have been suggested by psychologists of the past even a little bit of philosophy because psychology is the hybrid of philosophy and biology so all the therapy and things it's really trying to tie in what we all think about different philosophical things and how our biological physiological body works which is why my general thoughts about this is that you have to include the spirit You have to include the spirit world. You have to include things that are not necessarily measurable by scientific standards because they exist. They are there. They're out here affecting things outside of our experience with, you know, the physical realm. I feel like I've been saying this particular thing about the five senses quite a bit. You live and have a construct like anxiety, but they use measurable things in the physical world based on what you can see or hear or whatever to measure your level of anxiety so you know all the physiological responses to what is happening in your brain is what is being used to measure and that's cool and everything and continue doing that so that we have you know some real concrete results to be able to look at but there's just more you know what i mean it feels like taking an ice pick and just having to chip 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 away you gotta keep chip 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 chipping away and it's like there's a huge air bubble in the middle of this big massive piece of ice or imagine it's even an iceberg but there's this air pocket on the inside and when you can chip into the ice to the point where you reach the air pocket everything can get released and we can feel open again and we feel like we can breathe and all these kinds of things. There are alternative ways of getting there that are not glorified enough. Taking psychedelic substances that put you through just an unimaginable experience, just a crazy wild experience, 
you go through some good you go through some bad but ultimately you come out stronger and you come out really feeling like you know yourself and have visited the depths of your soul and you know you have to be prepared for that you can't just willy-nilly go into the amazon and take this ayahuasca and just la 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 you have to be prepared for just how much work all of that is but my point is that regular science is not the be-all end-all so as great as it would be to have a therapist get a therapist if you can talk to a professional in that way if you're able to if you're able to afford it if it is convenient enough for you especially now in these times remote things are becoming the norm so having a remote session with a therapist as your regular means of therapy is really okay you have apps like better help i haven't personally tried it yet but i see it talked about a lot and i think it is probably a great way to help you out and just different apps so i also want to touch on that in the next episode just the apps that could help out in this process too just know that you are a whole universe on your own and you really can know yourself and i know we all have different circumstances so it's just try your hardest to prioritize you when you can and time with yourself when you can and have this little weekly check-in with yourself when you can and journal and let things out draw or make your art whether it's the main art form that you exercise as your discipline or another art form that you're getting into because it's therapeutic make your art and do things mindfully and even just putting those habits into place can really start to elevate you and create a pivot from what you're usually doing yeah so make sure you stay tuned for the next episode where we dive deeper into more techniques that can work and just you know gain a little bit more understanding of cognitive behavioral therapy and how we can really help ourselves and different tools that are now in existence for us to facilitate self therapy i love you all my creatives i love you all keep on creating keep on living beautifully and just do what you have to do to make sure that you are out here enjoying your art life this is psychedella signing out see you next time